guys, Cash Money Mike here. We just want to stop this podcast and tell you guys about a new Bible that just came out <laughs> called the Easy Readers Bible. Yes, yes. So what I happens love is this that this book is only three pages long. It's three pages, right? And it right. gives the Old Testament, New Testament, uh, the, the whole nine. Yes. And so they are sponsoring us. If you go to their website, easyreaderbible.com, and you type in Southside Rabbi is the best podcast in the world, they will give you 100% off. That's 100% right. 100% off. 100% off. One zero zero. The Easy Reader Bible. Remember, when I tell you this is a new revolutionary Bible, it's three pages three long. Three pages Old long. Old Testament, New Testament. All it also It also has, if you get the uh, extra Easy Readers, the Easy Easy Reader Bible yes. version, it's only one page Double long. Double E. So, so the thing is, we just wanted to tell you guys about that. They are sponsoring us. They yes. have given us two hot dogs and a bag of chips yes. to make sure to tell you guys yes. that this is a Bible that you must have in your life. Go to their website, easyreaderbible.com. Don't forget to type in Southside Rabbi is the best podcast to get 100% off their product and tell us how you like it. Absolutely. Thanks, I mean. Uh, back to the podcast. So welcome to Southside Rabbi, guys. I am sitting here. <laughs> With the rolling, smoking <laughs> Rolex wearing, I was just dread swinging, dread swinging, crocodile stomping, uh, rose gold MacBook typing, Tesla driving, big boxing exercising. Kevin, I can't follow that. Elijah, though. do you want to smoke or not want to smoke? Burgess, Ooh. what's popping with you, my guy? What's popping with you, my guy? I am just humbled to be in the presence. Oh no! Of the predators, no. Second cousin, twice removed in heart. Ow, you see what ow. predator did in the world? That's who he is in his heart. This man here. Oh, a mean money making Mitch BMW whipping <laughs> in high school, and everybody wished they could be as fly voted most likely to succeed and to own a pair of Jordan 11s. Oh, gosh. I mean, Hudson. Give it up for him one time. Thank you, my brother. Yes, I, I'm just oh, you're too kind. You're yes, too indeed. Kind. Thank you for doing that ad for us on the uh, the easy the easy reader Bible. The easy man. reader Bible. It's gonna it's gonna change the game, bro. It's gonna change the game. It's gonna man. People complain about not reading, like not having time to read their Bible. It's we've oh the product literally has condensed the entire Bible into and three, three pages. pages, bro. I don't even understand no. how they're able to do such. I a thing, bro. can do my yearly reading in, in five seconds. That's it. Five seconds, bro. Easy reader, baby. Yeah, I'm trying to tell you, man, it's revolutionary. I can't wait till we do that ad about the bicep uh, muscle curl grower. Oh, wait till you guys see that. You guys want biceps there, at 20? Bro. You want Arnold Schwarzenegger sized biceps in 24 hours? Yes. And it is so great. It's way better than the shake weight. Yeah, I mean. So, um, <laughs> nah, man, but. <laughs> <laughs> we just messing with y'all. For sure. But as you see, man, uh, first we of all, back. we are back. Yeah. We got my boy Leroy Jenkins here with the HGA. Masked up. But he's still slugged up underneath, though. He's still slugged up underneath. But he's practicing, you know what I'm saying? He may, he knows that COVID is out here. And, you know, he may already be dead, but, you know, yeah, it's, 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 he's just taking precautions. He's responsible with the drip. Right. That's it. So mm-hmm. um, today, man, we actually want to discuss, despite our funny uh, introduction, we actually want to discuss something that's a, that's a little more serious, man. Um, and what we want to talk about is some of the uh, police uh, brutality that's been happening since we've been gone. I mean, Southside Rabbi, we've been gone for a little minute. A lot has transpired since our last season. Facts. 
if you guys, uh, some, some of you guys may know, me and KB are very passionate about um, race issues and justice issues and how it intersects and relates to the gospel of Jesus Christ within Facts. our culture. Which is what this show is. Which is what this show yeah, is, yeah, yeah. actually Race is, is one of the issues, but it's yes. about applying the mind of Christ to the culture's Amen. biggest issues. Amen. Right. And uh, one of the culture's biggest issues right now, it's not, not just right now, it's been a big issue since kind of the inception of the United States of America, um, is race issues and in, in police brutality. Um, and um, there's been a lot of things that has happened. So some of the things, that, I'm just going to go through three. Um, we're going to go through the Ahmad Arbery case. I'm going to read you guys just a quick summary. And then we're going to just start dialoguing about um, what we think. I know that a lot of you guys have been hitting us up on, on Twitter, social media, um, on Instagram and stuff, wanting us to come back and wanting to know what we thought about these things. And uh, as two black men in America, from urban America, um, that take the gospel very seriously, but also take human dignity very seriously. Mm. If you do take the gospel seriously, I would hope that you also are taking human dignity very seriously. Right. We definitely want to speak to these issues. So number one, well said, um, on February 23rd, 2020, um, Ahmad uh, Arbery, an unarmed 25-year-old African-American man, was shot and killed um, in Glenn County, Georgia, while uh, jogging on Holmes Road in the Satilia Shores neighborhood. So Arbery had been pursued and confronted by three white residents. Uh, one was Travis Michael, his father, uh, Gregory, um, who they both were armed and they were driving a pickup truck. And then their friend, William Rody Bryan, followed Arbery in another vehicle. They trapped him in. They, they kind of boxed him in on the road. Um, and uh, Rody Bryan, he took a video of the confrontation uh, when the McMichaels confronted Ahmad Arbery. Um, and they, Ahmad Arbery went for one of the McMichael's guns. They tussled for it. They shot him, and uh, Ahmad um, ended up dying from his, his gunshot wounds. Um, and Arbery's killing um, and the delayed arrest of the suspects that killed him, and also the subsequent investigation afterwards, um, sparked debates around the lack of racial uh, equality in the United States. So after Ahmad Arbery was killed, um, they actually didn't really open an investigation into his killing until the video actually came out to the public. Right. Um, which was way after this actually had happened, which is also that that sparked a lot of debate. How the um, DA handled it and stuff like that sparked a lot of debate with the McMichaels not being arrested. They actually didn't get arrested until the video was released and the outrage happened. Um, after that, um, we know and just a quick, go ahead. quick little comment about right. that as well. Travis. McMichael right. stood over the dead body of Ahmad Arbery right. and shouted effing N-word. Yeah. He called him an effing nigger. Yes. Not, I'm not going to censor it on here. Yeah. Um, and that is according to the third guy that actually was driving in the other vehicle and recorded the video. He said that he gave testimony and said that that is what Travis McMichael did. So right. that's not just like hearsay. The guy that was on scene, their right. friend, right. testified and said that that's what he said. And, that, and they also subsequently found a lot of racial stuff on the McMichael's uh, social media pages and stuff. It's, it's crazy. Um, we also have the case with Breonna Taylor, a 26-year-old African-American um, emergency room medical technician. She was fatally shot by the Louisville Metro Police Department. Um, the officers John, Jonathan Mattingly, Brett Hankinson, and Miles Cosgrove on March 13th, 2020. Um, three plainclothes uh, Louisville police officers executed a no-knock search warrant on um, Breonna Taylor's apartment in Louisville, Kentucky. Gunfire was exchanged be between Breonna Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, and the officers. Uh, Kenneth Walker, her boyfriend, said that he believed that the officers were intruders. Um, and so the Louisville officers fired 20 shots into the home. Uh, Breonna Taylor was shot eight times. 
the Louisville Police Department Sergeant Jonathan Mattingly was injured by gunfire. That was from her boyfriend's gunfire. And another police officer and LMPD lieutenant were on the scene when the warrant was executed. That's a big case. Yeah. Um, because these officers did a no-knock warrant, which is no... If you guys don't know what a no-knock warrant is, which they should be freaking outlawed in every single state in America. So, since then, that has been outlawed in Louisville. They've suspended it indefinitely, I think. But a no-knock warrant is when a police officer can actually serve a warrant, in, like uh, a raid into your home without knocking or announcing that it's the police. Um, um, Breonna Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, be- thought that he was that they were being invaded, that there was a home invasion happening. Right. He, a licensed uh, gun owner, like I am, like KB is, hope you don't mind me saying that, yeah. um, Kenneth Walker, a licensed firearm owner, g- grabbed his firearm and, and shot at the door because he believed that there was a home invasion happening and the police returned fire 20 shots into the house uh eight of those shots hitting brianna taylor um and killing her the coroner said that they believed that she died about one minute after she was shot um and one of the police officers were fired for for firing 10 shots blindly into the home kind of not paying attention just shooting um, but this is, people are still calling for the arrest of the police officers. Right. Um, and this is an ongoing case. Her family has filed a wrongful death suit against, uh, the, the police department. Um, and then last one I'm going to cover there. I mean, there's more stuff we can cover, but this is the last one, last big one, May 25th, 2020, uh, George Floyd, a 46 year old black American man was killed by Minneapolis, uh, uh, Minnesota police was killed in Minneapolis, Minnesota during an arrest for allegedly using a, a $20 counterfeit bill. Uh, officer Derek Chauvin kneel on uh, Floyd's neck for almost eight minutes uh, while Floyd was handcuffed and lying face down, begging for his life and repeatedly t- telling officers that he couldn't breathe. Officer J. Alexander uh, Kwong, I don't know how you say his last name right, and Thomas Lane further restrained Floyd while Officer Tu Tao prevented bystanders from intervening. During the final three minutes, Floyd was motionless and had no pulse, while Chauvin ignored the onlookers' pleas to remove his knee, which he did not do until the medics told him to, but by that time, George Floyd had already dead, already died. So um, all three of these things, man, all all three of these things have happened since 2020 has uh, been inaugurated. Right. And uh, there, there there has been a worldwide protest over these killings, not right. just nationwide. People right. are protesting all over the world regarding police brutality that is happening in the United States, right. which is also happening other places, too. But they have been joining... Uh, joining hands in solidarity with the protesters here in the United States regarding police brutality, regarding racial violence. And we have seen that there's just been an explosion of protests, but there's also been an explosion of debate um, over these issues as well. Right. So, man, I mean, it's almost hard to know where to begin with this because uh, this is such an ongoing problem that, I'm always vexed when it happens, but as a black man in America, I'm not surprised that it happens. Right, and that's probably uh, a good place to start because it is important to recognize that these protests are not the result of these individual moments where something that rogue and anomaly-like happened, but there's a bigger kind of meta-narrative at play Mm -hmm. that is... Uh, that is well documented, that is well experienced, that extends back to the beginning of law enforcement in black communities. So there isn't, when individuals are making songs, like in hip hop, it's something that we have 
it's crazy. Like we we made an entire project called Man Up, and the, a part of the project talking was a about song the Reach Records, Authority. the Reach Records Man Up project. We made an album called Man Up. Right. One of the songs on, on that album. The whole thing was about biblical manhood, and what we were arguing on the album is that a part of biblical manhood is addressing your relationship with authority. Mm-hmm. That there is a, there's not something uh, just inherently evil by having authority in your life, and actually being able to follow authority, mm-hmm. being able to bow to authority at times, mm-hmm. is a part of what it means to progress as a man. Right. If you can't learn, if you can't be teachable, or if anybody comes up to lead, you're just, I just feel, I got bristle when people try to lead. Like, that's not a good, that's not a manly thing. Right. Men know how to follow. What makes that that song, or really the, the aspects of the project that dealt with submitting to government authority, which is a very biblical thing. I mean, mm-hmm. the Bible makes it very clear that the, that the government's going to be whack pretty right. much until Jesus establishes a new government. Right. And in their whackness... You still should conduct yourself in a way that's honoring, mm-hmm. where you pray for them, mm-hmm. and you want goodness for the society at whole, right? Um, at large. So there's a we talk about that First Peter talk yeah, about that Romans thirteen. Romans thirteen. There, there's right. a there's tension around that mm-hmm. in in scripture. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if they're they're asking to do something that betrays the true government that you're committed to, which is the government of heaven, right? Then at that point, you choose your heavenly government over them. But if they're just making life more difficult for you, like they did for Christians in the first century, right? If they are in, in doing all kinds of things with your tax dollars that you don't agree with, if they are an evil regiment, Paul says that is not. An excuse for you right. to, at that point, say that my whole thing with this government is that of hatred, that of undermining, that of I, I, I refuse my prayers for them and there will be no honor whatsoever. Right. So that's a, it's, it's tough because there's been a lot of terrible governments, but God is trying to do something within the scope of evil governments that isn't undermined and isn't undermined by the fact that the government is evil. Mm-hmm. So, um, but... When it comes to this issue, when you tell young men to bow to authority, and the authority is abusing their dignity, in bu- abusing their identity. Mm-hmm. And let me be clear when I say the word abuse. When we think about police brutality, if you only see it as instances where police officers unjustly take the life of a citizen, then you have truncated what we're talking about. Very myopic view of if, police if, brutality. Because really what the, the what people say in response to this is, if you're trying to convince me that police officers are on this open season thing where they are running around the country trying to find black people and brown people so they can kill them, if you want me to buy that, then you got me messed up. Mm-hmm. Because I know that's not the case. Mm-hmm. I know that you all are trying to say this leftist or BLM. Right. Um, agenda is to make us think that police officers are hunting black yeah. people down. That literally is a um, caricature of what we're talking about. Absolutely. The reason why this was a worldwide thing is because the spectrum of individuals having darker skin finding themselves at the end of some kind of injustice that is sponsored by the state. That spectrum exists almost in every developed nation in the world. Right. That perhaps you may not. I 
feel confident that me or nobody that I know will be killed by the police. I can say that. I feel confident that it won't happen. But I hold that in tension with the fact that I don't know a single black person. I don't know one black person that has not been unjustly harassed, roughed up, or jailed by the police. I don't know one. Mm-hmm. I can't name a single black person. There might be some... No, I've... I've, I've as far, Even the as sisters, far as, as far as you know, yeah. as far as I can think, and I'm being honest, that there has again, on, there's a spectrum, and on that spectrum, at the end of that spectrum, is obviously you you losing your life, yeah. But there still is all kinds of inconveniences, attacks, and otherwise assault-like behavior, harassment-like behavior that exists on the spectrum that we're living in. I can give you 10 stories right now from my life and people around us. Right. So when this thing about George Floyd comes out, it's not, again, an anomaly that people are like, here's something we can be outraged about. But it's a connection. It's a puzzle piece into an experience that people are having around the world. Right. So it's important to realize that what we're talking about, the solidarity that is felt, is not manufactured by any political side. Absolutely. It is manufactured by the experience. I know what it's like to be in fear of my life. Just a month ago, I was in fear of my life being unjustly targeted by a police officer in my own driveway. Right. Sitting in my car, minding my business. Yep. Talking on the phone. Mm Mm-hmm. Question, what are you doing? Why are you here? Do you really live here? Mm-hmm. I'm connecting you to the robberies. that uh, love, We love that one. That's literally we what heard there yeah. were some robberies. We live out in the sticks. Ain't nobody getting robbed like that. Not, not, I mean, obviously, there's the crime happened. But right. I lived in a neighborhood that had like crime. Like that, data. I saw people running yeah. from the police. So when you talk about somebody stole some flip-flops off your step or they went into your car while you were asleep, yeah. that's just... I. I'm sorry. Technic- but I'm technically, just saying. Technically, it's a crime, but where it we're is. from, we've seen like real crime, yeah, like, like, like crime, real crime. existential like somebody stealing danger. some flip flops off of your off of your front step is it's a crime, but to us, that's like okay. Yeah, I get it. We've that been in the we, we from the neighborhood where we've seen people running from police in high speed chases. I sympathize with you, right? Brother. Like, let's cry over that. Okay, but in my heart of hearts, I'm just saying yeah. you're not in danger. That doesn't make me feel unsafe. You're not. You're not that. You're not in right. danger. So, anyways, I say all that to say is that. What has to be understood is that many people around the nation, and praise God that it wasn't simply just black people, mm-hmm. but many people around the nation saw themselves in George Floyd. Right. And if they didn't see themselves in George Floyd having a knee on their neck, they saw themselves as the police officers that stood by watching George Floyd getting the knee in their neck. That's a part of what happened right. with the overwhelming response from, a, from many of our white own institutions and white brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. They saw themselves in the police officers who for so long have heard stories like this or have for so long have sat by and watched and they said no more. Right. No more. We will be a part of what stops this from happening to anyone. Mm -hmm. Black, white, brown, yellow. Right. Right. So I'm, 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 I'm just wanting to underscore the point that this was bigger than an individual moment. Mm-hmm. That's why, and I want you to get into the George Floyd thing, because means the folks heard, that, the, the first thing that that those who don't like the idea that race is an issue in this country still, that it's a deciding mm-hmm. factor in people's lives. People don't like that. People want to say that we're in a post-racial society, right, right. we're in a colorblind society. Right. Race has no kind of merit 
or advantage or disadvantage. People mm-hmm. that b- believe that lie, people that are committed to that, the first thing they want to do when one of these individuals die in the street mm-hmm. is find out why they either deserve to die mm-hmm. or they're the kind of person that we should not be mourning over well, yeah. because they had a past. That Well, see, that's kind of what happened with the viral video of Candace Owens, right? Um, after this happened, you know, Candace Owens, who was a black conservative, um, created this, she, she made this 17, 18 minute video essentially just talking about all of the terrible things George Floyd did in his past and why um, we should not be um, lionizing George Floyd kind of as like this hero. Number one, people did not make George Floyd a hero. That's not, that's number one. But number two, we believe, I think that even as Christians, you should believe that one's past does not define the dignity that they get treated with in the present. Right, right. So if I found out that this guy that I'm standing next to in 7-Eleven robbed an old lady three years ago and went to jail for it, does that mean that a police that the police get to come in 7-Eleven and just shoot him in the head and kill him? Right. And we don't call that an injustice? Right. You can't just say, well, he was robbing old ladies at gunpoint three years ago. What does that have to do with what the, what just the injustice that just occurred? Facts. That's not, number one, that's not biblical on how we should treat people. Right. Certainly it's, not how God it's, feels. It's certainly not how God feels. It takes no pleasure and, I mean, in the George death, Floyd, even the wicked. Right. And George Floyd, even for the crimes that happened, he served his time. And that he and he he paid his debt to society, right. right? Even if you want to say, well, I mean, a man was trying to pay for something with a twenty dollar counterfeit bill. Does a twenty fit twenty twenty dollar counterfeit bill then require a death sentence? Right. Does that that is that justice? Right. So the idea of biblical justice is is not just somebody innocently being killed. But overpunishment is also an, an injustice as well. Facts. Right? So if somebody gets caught stealing a candy bar in the store and an officer comes in and shoots him in the head and says, oh, he was committing a crime, we would say that that's an injustice. It right. doesn't matter if he was stealing a candy bar or not. You right. have then been the judge, jury, and executioner right. over a candy bar. Right, right, right. Right? That's right. an injustice in and of itself. Right. And if somebody, was, if somebody was raising the voice about the injustice of that, one could not sit there and say, well, the kid was stealing a candy bar. Right. That's not how it works. Bro. So, so we have I, to stop doing that. We have to because what we it have to stop doing that. What it does is it shows a lack of compassion, right? Because you are trying to use a person's worst moments against why they don't deserve justice in the present right. to devalue this man's right, life. Right? It does like it doesn't matter what he's done. That's not my concern. My concern is the fact that right now he should not have been killed. Right. Again, one's past does not dictate the dignity, value, and worth that they have in the present. Right. Right. Um, and from what and even from some of the stuff that I understand, I, mean, I know George Floyd was not a perfect person. He he dealt with addictions. He dealt with all of these things. I know that he was trying to get his um his life together. Our our, our brother in Christ, Corey Paul, yeah. posted a a tweet after George Floyd died with with uh talking about how he knew George Floyd personally. Yeah. He was coming to his Bible study. That studies. George Floyd was helping him bring baptismal pools out to the neighborhood so they could baptize people in the neighborhood. Right. Um George they had the picture of George Floyd at the men's Bible study group, you know, right. with his Bible in his hand. I heard that he was trying to get his life together, sure. though he wasn't perfect, right. of course. Um, um, and so you don't know where George Floyd was at, but again, his past does not dictate the, the dignity that he has in the present. Right. And, and the fact of the matter is even the, the, the Candace Owens video, it does nothing. There's the intention behind the video was to discredit any kind of compassion in which we had for George Floyd 
and protesting his unjust killing by bringing up his past. It's, right. It was it was a video of character assassination. Yeah. That's all it was because the video wasn't the video definitely wasn't to make you feel more compassion for George Floyd. Right, right, right. The video definitely wasn't to make people be more passionate about making sure that justice is served. Facts. The only thing that the video served to do was to discredit any dignity that he had, Facts. so that you did not feel the need to actually march for or or vocalize the 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 issues of injustice and the fact that justice needs to be served right it, it, the, 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 and that's why I believe that those kind of videos in my in my opinion are demonic yes yeah, they yeah. are not just wrong right, right they right. are demonic right 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 because the video is there's no the only the only the only uh uh intention behind the video is to suppress your compassion for a right. man that just lost his life. Facts. And so, and it's not biblical. Right. And it's usually, and it's just based upon tribal politics. Right, it's right, just right. based upon we're just trying to make we, we we as 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 Candace would say as her being conservative, it's just trying to own the liberals, own Black Lives Matter, own this whole social justice movement. Right. And in doing so, you are really trying to suppress compassion for a man that lost his life at Facts. the hands of the state, Facts. unjustly at the hands of the state. And to me, that is not biblical or would you would you tell jesus well what about the prostitutes past that you just told these pharisees to put these stones down for right 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 is, is are you, you going to say she's a prostitute yeah. jesus what are you doing what are you doing right do you not know who she is right and here you are stopping what are you an doing talking mob. to this lady at the yeah. well yeah and they would accuse him of lionizing her they would they would accuse him of essentially putting her on a pedestal preferring her over the people around her who are not actually doing that these people are just here trying to do justice. Right. They're here trying to enforce the law. They're here, they, they are. You know what the Pharisees are trying to enforce by stoning her? Law and order. They are trying to enforce the law. And Jesus is coming and saying, number one, you don't really have the moral authority to enforce the law anymore because I'm here. Number two, what what sins have you guys committed? Right, right, right. Have right. you committed sins? Because if you did, you can't stone her. Right. Well, I guess that means we all got to drop our our stones and go the other way. That's exactly what it means. Facts, facts. Right. Facts. So, um, so I I I uh. I think that that that's that's terrible. What we always see when these police brutality uh, brutality things happen is a is an is a attempt for character assassination, and the only reason behind the character assassination is to try to get you to not have compassion for the facts. person that lost his life unjustly at the hands of the state, and that's wrong. Facts, facts. I wrote this uh, a little while ago um, because we can have different perspectives. Yeah, I, I, I welcome people to the conversation who don't see it the way I do. I, I, that's I welcome how that I too. Can move forward. Yes. But if the utility, if the, the the purpose of what you're bringing to the table is to move me away from the heart of God, you are a problem. Right. It, so I, I wrote this. That anyone trying to get you to tone down your care for your neighbor's suffering is doing the work of Satan. Let's call it what it is. Facts. No sinner on the planet cares for people as they should. Facts. I don't need help ignoring my neighbor's pain. I don't need help finding justification for why I don't care about my neighbor's pain. I don't need help blaming my neighbor's pain on my neighbors themselves. I need help going the opposite direction. I need help in grace. I need help in sacrifice. I need help in compassion. I need help in love, which without, I will not see the kingdom of God. Again, anybody trying to give you arguments, perspectives, or testimonies that lead you to a deeper sleep around your own apathy is not helping you. They're injuring you. Yes. 
facts. Because that's already the default of your heart as, a, as an evil, wicked, rotten, filthy, dirty sinner, right? That's what we understand can, about can depravity. We get, can we get into Calvin can we real get, quick? That's what can, we, we, can we pull that, Calvin out? That's what we understand. <laughs> you see that? That's what we understand about depravity. Don't make me pull out a little Spurgeon. Hey, don't give me. Look, I, I pull Spurgeon, Spurgeon lecture to my students out there. Hey, <laughs> um, but you should read this, by the way. But, two of them, bro. <laughs> but uh, that's what we understand about depravity. The human heart already does not care about people losing their lives. Yes. The human heart is already full of wickedness, evil, murder, lying, cheating, thievery, adultery. All of these things Jesus says does not come just from the 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 the, the mouth. It comes from the heart. Right, right, right. Right? Right. So so if you have somebody that's pushing you more into that yeah, yeah, yeah. over a human being that unjustly lost his life, because it's so crazy that somebody like a Candace Owens would say, oh, no, I agree that he lost his life unjustly. It shouldn't have happened. But so, so if it's an injustice, that's it. That's the whole conversation. That's what the conversation is about. Yes. The conversation, people are not out here saying George Floyd was a great uh, morally ethical like the, he was a moral ethical paragon that we all should follow he was he was the paradigm of 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 ethics and morality that's not what people are protesting i haven't heard it people are protesting the fact that his his life was unjustly taken by the and hands his of the life matters and yes it has and, and value this is, this is the challenge that, that that we run into when we have this conversation if you name the name of christ then then the level of dignity and value that you assign to people should be to the level that God has assigned to them, which means it's irreplaceable, right. irrevocable. Nobody's dignity or value is earned. Yes. And it also isn't lost. Right. Because it wasn't, it's an alien experience. It's outside God of you. pressed his image on you. Right. You don't have to fight for your dignity Intrinsically, right. it, it it exists there as a cre mm -hmm. as you are a creation of God. You have it. Christians should understand that this is why we hate abortion. Right, we hate it. There are all kinds of conversations that we can have about the complexities of that conversation. Mm -hmm. There are all things that need to be brought to the table. A good friend of ours' wife had a pregnancy where the baby was growing outside the womb. Mm -hmm. And as the baby grew, the baby would not only die, the baby would kill the mother. Right. So they had, this is a professor at a seminary. Mm -hmm. They love Jesus. They're a pastor. Their whole family is committed to life. It's a complicated conversation for them. Right. Can we just admit that? Yeah. But in general... We believe that that life, even as it's growing outside the womb, needs to be considered. Right. Life in its human form. Right. <laughs> Not to say that non-human life doesn't matter. Right. Uh, that's a different conversation. Yeah. But particularly, the crown glory of God's creation is humanity. Yes. That we don't take it willy-nilly on any level, bro. Like, it's not a small thing to take a life. Mm -hmm. And it's not a so we, we want to protect life. That's who we are. So that's why we stand on that, because of our Christian values. Right. That's why we stand for protecting life in the womb, because of our Christian values. But if it stops there, come on, my God. Well, how many times are we going to have to say this? <laughs> that you're not pro-life if it only exist in sinners that are babies. Right. But if it's sinners that are adults, because babies grow up and then commit crimes. They become big sinners. So I only care about life for small sinners. Right. But I don't care about life for big sinners. Right. Or immigrant sinners. So on and so forth. Right. You can't say that you understand the image of God. Right. That's not the doctrine of the Imago Dei. Yes. So for us, for us, 
This is a conviction that when somebody in their non-Christian yet conservative, okay, because I'm, 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 I am finding myself agreeing with a lot of conservatives on the issues of, um, of abortion. Of course. I find myself agreeing with them on those things. I also agree with a lot of conservatives when we start talking about some things that have to do with the economy. Sometimes. Right. right. Like, yeah. I see that. Praise I that. God. I yeah. get down with that. For sure. For sure. But a lot of those conservative voices are non-Jesus loving people. Right. And have non-Jesus infused worldviews. Right. That's a very small piece of our worldview. Right. What happens with the economy or the government for that matter and the right to life. Yeah. That's a small piece of the Christian worldview. Right. But the Christian worldview means that with those same people, I have massive issues because the Bible leads me to say, nah, cuz you can't box life into the womb. You got to see that thing at the southern border. You got to see that thing. <laughs> you got to see that mug in George Floyd. Right. You have to. Right. While we were sinners, Christ died in your, in your rebellion, sin. in right. your active rebellion. Jesus protested your death while you were an enemy of him, while you were his enemy. Right. To the point that he shed his blood mm -hmm. to become you. Right. That he would say, I would switch places with George Floyd, put the knee on my neck so that he might live. Right. Right. And your response is, let me find some non-Christian voices that can share things about his past to make I had to a, make my conscience feel better about not really caring about the, his life. I'm gonna say life. this, and I'm gonna bounce past it because we know we got to move on. We got to move, my guy. <laughs> I had a brother tell me, and I'm just gonna say it. I'm not gonna say who he is, but he's in the Christian music, contemporary Christian music industry, major mover and player there, mm -hmm. and. He was complaining to me about another one of my friends mm -hmm. who posted a picture of a 13-year-old boy who was shot at a party mm -hmm. in his car by mm -hmm. a police officer, mm -hmm. and he was unarmed. He said, hey, man, your friend is anti-police. I said, I, How? I know him, so I can vouch that he's not. But why are you saying that? He said, well, he posted this picture of this guy talking about we need to— Talking about we need to gather around and pray for his family and 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 how he was killed unjustly. You know, it just came out that the guy had alcohol at the party. That's what he said to me. I was so shook by what he said, I could not formulate a response. Right. That you think death, the finality of death on an image bearer is a massive thing. And it's a massive thing to God. And God knows he's about to see you when you when it's over. It's right. not like he's like, I'm just going to see you in it. It's not as big of a deal as you think it is. <laughs> no, no, God is like, no, you can't take human life. Right. That's an assault on a human life unjustly is an assault on me. Right. That's my life in him. Right. You're assaulting my, you're not just my property, my image. Mm. Mm. It's a big deal to God. My image. My image, you're assaulting it. And in, in your mind, you're looking for the fact that he had a drink and he was underage as to why as it a justification was okay for a death penalty. that a police officer killed him? Guys, this is the truncated theology that allowed slavery to exist in this country. It's, this, it's 
Obviously not as bad, praise God, but it is on the same spectrum, Doc. Right. When Jonathan Edwards' son, Jonathan Edwards Jr., by the way, Jonathan Edwards is still a hero of mine, mm-hmm. which is another conversation about how black Christians constantly have to work this muscle of appreciating people, although they hated them. <laughs> All right? And some black Christians would not I say that Jonathan Edwards is a you, hero. I yeah. sent you and Jack, your wife and my wife in our group chat yeah. this morning yeah. a Puritan devotional. Right. I still knowing have, I have them. that if the Puritan was in front of him, if I was there, he would say, why are you not working, KB? <laughs> why are you in here sending out devotionals? And why are you reading? Yeah, number one, why are you reading devotionals? We're supposed to be able to read those mugs to you. We have to work that muscle all the time. Goodness gracious. Of being able to discern the man and separate him from his failures. We do that a lot. Whole nother conversation. But it's the same kind of theology that exists in the Jonathan Edwards means where you got this dude and his son who's living in his house said, Dad, you're wrong. Right. Daddy, we can't own people. Right. You can't. Daddy, you bought you brought Venus. We have the paperwork on Venus, the 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 slave that he bought from a market. Right. That he likely walked up to and put his finger in her mouth and held it open to see how many teeth she had and, right. and took her clothes off and looked at her naked to make sure that there weren't any kind of diseases or that he then threw on the back of his his cart and left. Right. Jonathan Edwards. And then this same gentleman goes around the city helping to fend to defend slavery for other pastors right. whose congregants are having a problem with it. Jonathan Edwards did that. Yeah. Yet he then gave us the richest understanding that we have of heaven in the gospel, maybe from that, that entire age. Right. He also was disciple, uh, heavily influenced Lemuel Haynes. Yeah. The, 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 the black Puritan. Right. Who gave us incredible theology around mm-hmm. racial reconciliation and the church and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bro, it's the same kind of blind spots, bro. Right. That exist. Do you? I so badly, because I know that in some ways I, I am Jonathan Edwards in some ways. Mm-hmm. I want to find where I am missing it. Right. Massively. Right. And disagreeing with everybody else who is saying to me, you're missing it. Right. That kind of humility is what we have to have for this conversation mm-hmm. because if we do not we're going to find ourselves continuing to ride this spectrum that went all the way from Edwards to current day of Christians generally just short-circuiting when it comes to valuing the image of God particularly on minority people right right and i think it's I, and i think that it, it humility is the right word because one of the things that I've noticed is that so many Christians do not have the humility to admit that they may be wrong about how they're viewing um, race and how they have kind of been defending their um, their position that race is not as big of an issue as people make it. Right. And that social justice is is just this terrible liberal Marxist philosophy, German philosophy um, that is inf- infiltrating the church along with critical race theory. Hey, free smoke, free I um, that is causing people to it's walk away. We don't know how to define it. Right. That Never read a book on it, but somehow don't even it's know destroying the what they're talking church. about when it comes to critical race theory, but somehow they know that it's destroying the church and they have to go and post a whole bunch of other articles by Neil Shimmy to explain it. But um, I think uh, the, the, the idea that that's happening and that that's causing people to walk away from the fidelity of the gospel to me is crazy. Um, and it's also crazy the fact that we, like I, I, I posted this before, that we tend as 
as these Christians that believe in total depravity, as Christians that believe in all of the teachings and in, in, in around sin from Puritans, from one of my favorite, like John Owen, who was probably one of the best folks, but what, kind of maybe one of the, the 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 people that I know that best delineated the way that sin works in the human heart when it comes to deceiving right, you right, right, right. more than anybody else I can think right, of. Right, right. John Owens was able to talk about sin and his relationship to our heart and our mind and our actions like no one else. Facts. And we will champion Jonathan Edwards, we'll champion his works. I mean, uh, John Owen will champion his works, we'll champion mortification of sin and believers, we'll champion his, his stuff on temptation, we'll champion all his stuff. And we understand that sin is so incredibly sophisticated that it can deceive us in ways that are imperceptible to us. Right. But somehow we tell people that racism is a sin that you may be perpetuating and you do not know. Somehow they think that impossible. they will impossible. Oh, what a point. For some reason Can't they they be. Be, they believe that they that they need help at seeing certain sins in their lives. That's part of Christian teaching about sanctification and accountability um and doing life in community is that there are going to be sins that your brothers and sisters are going to be able to see and point out that you can't see because sin is so sophisticated that right. it's blinded you right. to the way in which you are practicing it. And right. Christians would be like, "Amen, praise God." Yes. Right, right. That is true. That's why I need the body. Right. I need the body to call me out on my junk. I need the body to call me out on my stuff. But when the body starts calling you out on racism, somehow that's a sin that you will always see in yourself. Yeah, somehow that's a sin that you do not need help seeing. No, 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 no. That's the only sin that if it is happening in my life, I know that I'm going to be doing it. Facts. So I know that I'm not doing it. I, mean, I know that I'm not racist Facts. because if I were, I would know. Facts. That's the so, so you're telling me that there are other sins that you would not know that you're committing that the body would be able to see and bring to your attention but racism is the only sin that you will always be able to know and tell that you're in you're committing without somebody else telling you that you are that's it's it's arrogance it is arrogance and and, and it's and and i think it also undermines how the bible talks about sin right it's sin is almost always seen as a glacier right yes you can see what how it, it how it, it head right. over the surface, over the surface yeah. but it's always something deeper that's right. rooted in your heart. Right. Every single sin. You want to talk about adultery? I know the difference between like actually laying in the bed with somebody that's not my wife. Right. I know when I'm not doing that, <laughs> but Jesus said it's deeper than that. How my many? God. How many times are you laying in the bed with someone that's not your wife in your mind? In your, in your mind. Brain, and Jesus said that's a problem right. for me. Right. Because they're 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 both. It's two wings of the they're, same they're bird. They're tied together. Yes. And every sin has that. You yes, can't name absolutely. a sin for, sin for me that doesn't originate in the heart. Right. Except for racism. <laughs> for racism, for some reason. It's, it's only it's only, only outward. happens. It's only when it's an action, right? And even because even with the death of of Ahmaud Arbery, many of us said there's a racial dynamic to that. Yes, all almost every like, black hey, person was like, we know for it don't that's smell clearly right. a racial dynamic here. Man, I remember hearing some of the leaders of the day coming out saying, "Why y'all making everything about race?" You, then they d- investigate the situation and find that the dude literally stood over Ahmad Arbery's body and shouted "effing inward." Right, and then all of the social media stuff that he was saying about black people yes. and calling them niggers and yes. stuff like that yes. that they found out in the investigation, Facts. and then everybody was like, hum- like quiet after that. See. That, Sometimes that's also what happens is that when people do that and it gets proven wrong, people just don't like say anything. Right. They just kind of act like they never said it. Right. But it. But but you're right though. Like not. It, it, it's it again. It's an issue with humility. Right. And it's an issue with do you one. That's why it's deeper. Like you said, the glacier is deeper. Right. I mean, the iceberg is 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 deep. Right. Because one of the things that you have to ask yourself is why. 
Why do you think that with every other sin, it could be you could be do you could be participating in it and not even notice it right. until God reveals it to you? And usually, a lot of the times that we would believe that the way that God reveals it to you is through other people coming to you and saying, "Hey, this is a problem." With right? Every other sin. Yeah, well, yeah, with every other sin, but somehow with racism, that just doesn't apply right. because you would know it if you were right. doing it. You would know it. Right, right. And 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 so. You have to ask yourself why. Right. Why is that the sin? Right. That you will not apply the same kind right. of logic that you apply to like every other sin. Matt Hall, our friend Matt Hall. Matt Hall said that I know that I am a racist. John Piper has said that before. Right. I mean that there is. I know that I have racial prejudice in my heart. That I, God is sanctifying. I'm a recovering. Right. I'm a recovering and pagan. And, 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 that's, and that's and they they were folks that were calling for that man dismissal from the cop. I don't even want to get into that. How could he be a leader in our space and he admitted that he has racism in his heart? Right. Which those people that were calling that were saying, "Hey, you should fire Matt Hall for saying that he's a racist." Those people that were saying that were not saying that because they were really trying to preserve some kind of fidelity of the gospel of move, removing racists from. Uh, 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 seminaries and Bible colleges and stuff like that. They were doing that out of spite and out of trolling and Facts. out of uh, it, it, which is which is ungodly in and of itself. I, I don't even want to get into that. That makes me mad because Facts. now you're 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 taking a, a very serious issue and just making it kind of like a, a a joke to kind of prove your theological and political cultural points. Right. But but um uh. Because to say that you're not like a a, a recovering adulteress or a recovering liar, or a recovering thief would be ridiculous. Right. So so and should you lose your position as a pastor for that? Right. 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 But but either way, um, we're all recovering sinners. Of we're course, we're all recovering. So, everyone, every single person. So and that's all Matt Hall was saying. So but either way, it's 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 this this arrogance and pride and not only that it's a misunderstanding of how racism works because racism the reason that people could say i know that if i was committing racism i know if i was being a racist i would know is because you believe that racism is about intent that's right racism exclusively exclusively about intent. i have right. to wake up in the morning and say i hate black people right, right. or i think black people are inherently stupid or good. dumb or inferior or right. all of that and that's why you say if you were being racist you would know it because you have this myopic view of racism in which it only entails intent right and that is not true right that's why we talk about stuff like implicit bias and i know that people right. want to get into a whole controversy about that but implicit biases are do all so show that thought. I yeah. just want to add to the conversation. Do not miss, brothers and sisters, that even in the 30s, 40s, 50s, when Jim Crow was law, right. people did not believe they were racist. Everybody in every era always denied their own even form when of racism. They own, when folks were owning slaves, yes. they saw themselves, especially the Christian slave owners, yes. that we are somehow the non-racist slave owners. The, yeah, exactly. It, no one ever looks. And the other thing, too, that people forget about is that niceness was a reality. For a lot of Caucasian people in the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, oh, yeah. they were nice to black people. That They had great conversations. They would shoot the breeze. Right. Obviously, racism has been solidified in the law, codified in the law, yet people felt, because I'm nice to them, I don't wake up hating them. I don't think we should be slapped. I don't the think they should be killed. They should be getting right. bit by dogs and right. hit with batons. The kind of thought that exists today that these that that the, the the same thought that exists in us today where we would look at ourselves and say regardless of what's going on around us I am not 
complicit to it is the exact same thought that has, has right. been in this country right. since the advent the, of slavery. What you said is, is a fact that in every era people have denied their own version of racism. Right. And that's what has happened. Richard Spencer, who I don't know if a lot of you guys know, who's a, who's a pretty young guy. He, he is a white nationalist, self-proclaimed right, white right. nationalist. You yeah. can watch all his videos yes. on YouTube and stuff on all of that. You can watch all this stuff on YouTube right now. Right. Richard Spencer, who advocates for a white ethno state, Explicitly, he doesn't yes. hide it. Once all said, black people get out. I do not have anything against black people. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate them. I don't. I don't have anything against them. I. I, I, I like black people. I don't want them yeah, killed and murdered. Jay Z's awesome. I, I, I just think that we should that everybody belongs with their own people, which. To 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 is is exactly what like even that we're getting what you were talking about what we were seeing even back in the in the in the 18th century in the 19th century even during segregation even with abolitionists you had abolitionists that were fighting for slaves to be free but they were not fighting free equality they no, would no, say no, 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 no. we believe that black people should not be enslaved it's wrong it's unbiblical the way that they're being treated is wrong it's racist but we also believe that we should we believe that they should be set free but we should, we believe that they should be set free and then separate that's right that that that's what that's what Abraham a lot of abolitionists Lincoln. believe if Lincoln was one of them that yes. we believe that they should be free but they should be separate they should be with their people we should be with our people and they were still trying to segregate society which is still racist i don't i, I don't I, and they would say <laughs> they would say no we're not racist we just believe that it's it's for the greater good of people to be with their own people now i can hear christian saying right now i don't believe that sure right so right. but what i well, well, that's but, not your but, point but what we are saying is yeah. in every era there are people that deny their own racism be, and, and they and they appeal to black friends or how they feel about black people or or, or how or they what want, done for black or people. what they've done for black people yes. or or the goodness that they have for or that they believe that black people contribute to society they appeal to all of that and to deflect away from their own type of racism but it's because they are not hearing people say to them how racism works that's right so that's exactly what happened right. they were not listening to people saying hey if you if you claim to not be racist, yet you still want us to be segregated, that is still racist. Yes. They were not understanding how racism works. Can we talk it's about that? It's a myopic that? view of racism. Can we talk about that, Meezy? Because there's not a white person alive that has done more for black people than Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> it don't exist. It's not a black man. As far man. as like a there's single act a, that changed exactly. the course of, yeah, right. Yes, I know what you're saying. Man. It's probably not even a black man alive that's done. No, Get out of here. Dog, Barack Obama, dog. Martin Luther King, dog. <laughs> he got us voting. <laughs> but my man Abraham Lincoln got oh, whips man. off our back, bro. Why are you Anyways, acting um, that way? I'm joking. But the fact, that, the fact of the matter is Abraham Lincoln did a lot. Mm -hmm. Did a lot for black people and at the same time was a steaming Racist. He had black people in the White House. Talk to Frederick Douglass, my exactly. favorite, my favorite historical figure. Right, right. Uh, I mean, yeah, and he still Abraham had racist Lincoln views. had an entire plan after the war was over. In fact, before the war ended, he had a meeting with black leaders and at the White House where mm -hmm. he explained to them a few things. Two of those things were one, I would like for you all to leave when this is over and go to Chiriqui, Panama, where my mother mother in law is from. Set up uh, a shop there. All right. Make you know start a whole. We won't give y'all freedom, thing. but we want y'all out. We want you out. And the second thing he said is that he low key blamed the war on them. Right. He says we're fighting because y'all are here. Oh no, right. you did. If y'all weren't here, we wouldn't be we, fighting. We would be okay. You know what I'm saying? So not to mention that we're fighting because white people are enslaving us. That was <laughs> no, no, no. It's like man, you all are creating the tension, right. so it would be better if you got out, right. which is always racist. Gets, right. Always gets blamed on black because people. Because the fact of the matter is, I'm gonna say this one point. And let's just talk a little bit about how what, uh, maybe talk about racism, and I really want to talk about Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. 
But the, the problem that we that we see every time we we deal with this is that race itself has been given social capital that is absolutely inconsistent with biology, right? And is inconsistent with scripture. It's definitely inconsistent with scripture because the Bible knows a single race, the human race. You all exist as the human race, and what the spectrum of melanin is a non-issue, right? Biblically and then biologically, your skin is. If you have green eyes, you have that because of melanin. If you have blue eyes, you right. have it because of melanin. Gray eyes, hazel, right. whatever. It's melanin. The same thing that's in your eye is what makes my skin darker than yours. Mm -hmm. That's it. And if somebody isn't smarter, wiser, or better because their eyes are blue or green or whatever, Nobody says that person has blue. That person has brown eyes. That's the kind of person we want working at our firm. The, your, your, your eye color doesn't determine any kind of aptitude on any level. Right. If that's the case, biologically, that's what it means for skin. Race is not real. We mm -hmm. invented it. Yeah. Gave a, a we invented a caste system that that perpetuates blackness, whiteness, brownness. Right. So it's an adult fairy tale that we've given social capital to. Wow. That's what it is. Is it it is an adult fairy tale that we have given social capital yeah, we've to. We've assigned meaning to Absolutely. We've assigned meaning to uh color. Yes. Yeah. We, I would love to talk about this more in detail later, but race from the beginning of this country wasn't real. Right. Before the 13 colonies became the United States of America, there was no understanding of whiteness. No people didn't arrive to the shores of this country saying, "Yo, team white, we're all together." Mm -hmm. No, it was seen as European, but not even centralized in that. Right. It was where you came from in Europe, what your social capital was when mm -hmm. you got there. Mm -hmm. Were you rich? Were you poor? Mm -hmm. What religion you were? Mm -hmm. Nobody saw themselves. In fact, the rich white elites did, did not want the, the people who were of European descent who were rich did not see themselves as brothers and sisters with those of European descent who that were, were poor. poor right. Y'all are indentured servants, which is just a notch above a slave because we didn't steal y'all and bring y'all here. Y'all decide to come here, but that's it. Yeah, y'all are paying off y'all debt by being an indentured servant, but to the which new world. Which is acted as slaves. Right. This, we see the term white, black, and brown used as social capital coming after the, the, the after this. The, the settlement of the, the colonies after the country was established as the United States of America. Why did they do that? I'm going to say it 15 seconds because they wanted superiority and ability to control the black, the growing black and brown population. Right. This is not conspiracy. It is written very clearly. We talk about this with the Confederacy. Right. The Confederacy, the vice president of the Confederacy. Andrew Stevens. Andrew Stevens came out and said that we are establishing the cornerstone of our nation right. on the fact that the Negro is not equal to the white man. And if y'all need to reference that, go read the Cornerstone speech by Andrew Stevens. And yes. that's where he says it. And it what, that's what, why it's amazing that people this, don't think the, but, the, the Civil War is about racism and slavery. But either it way, keep going. It was completely about, it was about Please, states' rights, right. their uh, right to own right. people. Please keep going. But brother, this is the missing piece of our history, which makes it so difficult for us to have this conversation. Because when you start talking about racism and you start talking about uh, privileges and advantages— we start to short circuit because we're missing this massive piece of the story. Right. That slavery is only half of the story. Right. 
You got to read Civil Wars of Theological Crisis. Please read it. We will talk more about this later. But one of the arguments that the author makes in that book is that there was a two-pronged issue happening in the country around the Civil War, theologically and socially. And they were happening, they were happening congruent with one they another. They were happening they right were next to each other. They were running parallel to one another. That's right. Yeah. And the problem is the nation only fixated on one of those issues. Right. All right? The first issue was obviously slavery. Mm-hmm. We're beating and stealing and enslaving generations of people. Killing people, right. Yeah. That's a problem. Right. But there was something that undergirded slavery. That is that whiteness is better than blackness. Right. That, Which that, is another way to talk about white supremacy, guys. That's right. The curse word that everybody doesn't like to talk right, about. Right, right. We, we don't like that word. The, the idea is that there is something better about white existence mm-hmm. than black existence. And if you and if we even tell the story of, of how white supremacy works, we we actually kind of make white supremacy invisible. Right. So just real quick and yeah. then I'm like you continue go ahead, go ahead. is that j- just like what you call it said uh um I think that Robin D'Angelo made a really good uh uh point about this and a lot of people going to be like, oh Robert D'Angelo critical race theory whatever. Robert D'Angelo uh Robin D'Angelo made a good point Still when she said even, yeah even yeah right even <laughs> when they, when they talked even he she she made this one small point about even when we tell the story about Jackie Robinson right she said that we talk about Jackie Robinson and we're like yo he was the first black person to break the color barrier uh the color line in baseball he made history and stuff like that and, and it was true. Jackie Robinson is a legend. He made history. He broke the color barrier when it came to professional baseball. But she was saying, we talk about Jackie Robinson as if though he had some kind of resolve and strength that other black uh, baseball players that came before him didn't have. As if though, all black baseball players were allowed to play in the MLB, but they just actually didn't have the resolve to push through, push the, through. The, the, um, the, the persecution of them being black, right? And Jackie Robinson kind of hung on in there and he kind of had what it took to push through and then make it make it into the MLB as a black man and this predominantly white baseball league. And she says that that version of the story is terrible because it doesn't tell the truth. The truth is black people couldn't play in MLB and the way that we should tell that story is not that Jackie Robinson Robinson had the strength and the courage to actually play in the MLB as a black man, but that Jackie Robinson was the first person that white people allowed. Oh, he was the first black allowed. person that white people allowed to play in the MLB. He was gay. It he wasn't. Was, it wasn't was that so Jackie amazing. Robinson had something that all all the other black players before him didn't have. It was that white people at that time didn't decide to let black people play. Right, right. And right. Jackie Robinson was the Which one that much, they decided to let in. That's a much so messier we, so, version. Right. But yeah. so when we tell the story, though, she says we tell this story the other way around, which makes white supremacy invisible in the whole story. Right. It's not the fact that Jackie Robinson like broke the color line as if like he did it. Right. It was that white people decided to let him play. That's it. The, right, the, right, the, right. the powers that be decided to let him play facts, which facts. is talking which again gets to white supremacy and the power right. of white supremacy in which they can impede at right, that, right, especially at that right. time black people from doing things right which so, is all we're talking about yeah Impe- like true impediments true impediments true impediments right so man that's an excellent point but, I go, mean, but yeah but I was saying that there were, there were two issues that there was the slavery issue but there was also this inherent belief yep. that there was something intrinsically better right. about white skin over black mm-hmm. or brown or just brown skin. So there was this and, and there was this two-ended problem in what the nation did. It came around fighting for the first problem. Right. Fighting to end the first problem. End of slavery. Let's get rid of slavery. Right. See what people don't realize is that a part of what made slavery crumble in the Church of Jesus Christ in America, which by the way, slavery according to Charles Spurgeon was 
in almost exclusive ways held up by the Church of Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, Charles Spurgeon Meaning said that it... it, it Spurgeon it, that said we, that the that church we were the ones that perpetuated the institution. Yes, Spurgeon, Spurgeon said, was very clear. Charles Spurgeon, who I named my son after, mm-hmm. said that if the essentially if the church in, in America would disappear, slavery would leave. Oh, that's exactly what he said. He, he believed he believed that the church kept it in place. Mm-hmm. What got the church to reconsider mm-hmm. that maybe? This is a problem that we should stop fighting for by mm-hmm. writing theological treaties and arguing with everyone that disagrees. This was what, what, what made them change their mind. I'm going to read a quote from Jonathan Edwards Jr. He says, should we be willing that the Africans or any other nation should purchase us, our wives, our children, transport us into Africa, and there sell us, sell us into perpetual and absolute slavery. Mm-hmm. That was the question that did it, bro. They started to ask if slavery is sanctioned by scripture. Because the problem is the liberals were fighting right. to end slavery, but the liberals weren't as savvy with scripture as the, the conservative, the theological conservatives were. Yep. The theological conservatives had their, their degrees in Greek and started seminaries like Princeton and, and others. Like right. these dudes knew the Bible like the back of their hand. They could shut down any argument. Mm-hmm. So they said, we can't win this theologically. So they asked it philosophically. Right. And, and folks like Jonathan Edwards Jr., they asked the question, okay, if it's okay to do it, if slavery's fine, then can they enslave us? Right. Can can the can black folks start stealing us and taking us back to Africa? Yes. And then making us or their slaves. Or once they get free, can they own us? Yeah, can they, they own us country. here? Or can they own us here? And right. That, at that point, they said this whole that that's when it began that's to unravel. Right. But here's the issue. Again, I'm 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 moving past this quickly. I'm just just throwing this out there. The second tier was dealing with the fact that slavery ending did not get to the deepest issue of the problem. Right. And that is we need serious reform repentance. All right? We need serious growth and strength, for that matter, to overcome the more insidious problem is that there's something about whiteness that was given to us that still exists here today. I still see you as a black man, still see him as a white person, Mm -hmm. see her as a white woman. There's something about those dynamics, right, that was given to us for the purpose of keeping us unequal. Yeah. This is why when slavery ended, racism continued. Yeah, because after slavery as an institution ended, guess what started happening? Guess what came after slavery? Good old Jim Crow. Right. Because what happened is... Because slavery was the symptom of the problem. Right, right. The problem, the root of the problem was white supremacy. Right, that right, was right. the root. Right. You can get rid of the symptom, which was which was slavery, which was an institution that was a that was a symptom of the problem. But the root was still white superiority. Right. So after slavery ended, black codes got enforced. Right, right. All that stuff started right. happening to actually kind of reimagine slavery again without calling it slavery as an institution. And then right. the thirteen, you, you know, what we talked about with jail and all that stuff, prison industrial complex, all that crap. But then we we had we had that that kind of morphed and evolved into. Jim Crow. Then Jim Crow came. Right, right. So now we don't have. So now black people are not being enslaved. Yes. But now we have se. Jim Crow laws. Right, right. That is segregating black people because that that that's the thing that's a lot. Because what undergirds the racial issue in our country is on the heart level. Right. It's and, not. And let me say this yeah. too. It's not just white people. Right. One of the things that we're really big about, particularly in our community, 
is the issue of colorism. Right. And how a black man or a black woman looks at what they see when they look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. We talked about our own experiences. Right. I have a song on my album called Dark Skin mm -hmm. where I'm describing the story of a sister of mine where she literally was trying to scrub the black off of her skin at six years old. Right. How do I get this to go lighter? Right. How are we five, six, seven years old? Studies show that people become racially aware in kindergarten. Right. That we're our children, black and white and brown, are picking up on things that aren't being fed to them by the mainstream media. Our children this isn't some liberal agenda. This dude, is our children are not watching CNN. Yeah. They're not watching Jake Tapper. Right. They're not reading or critical Lewis, race uh, theories. Farrakhan They're not or, listening to crazy behind Louis Farrakhan. Al, Al Sharpton. Or, yeah, or, or, or ridiculous behind Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson. These cats are. Or these, Sean King, for that matter. Yeah, these, they are not listening They're to not Sean listening King. To these They're not over here reading all of these liberal papers that you guys are talking about. They're not listening to all these people from Black Lives Matter, these little kids that have these ideas of their black skin being ugly and bad and terrible are not. They're not even paying attention to they any don't, of that they stuff. They don't have the it ability to perceive it. It is the world that they are living in. Yes. And that's what people don't understand. I'm How? sorry if I'm getting loud. Go. That's what people do not understand if they are not, if they don't understand the black experience to have people that you can listen to or or tell you about the experience themselves is that there is a, um, there is an idea of beauty. There is an idea of who the default is in this world that makes black Folks, especially black children, feel as if though they do not belong. Facts. How in the world are you six years old yes. trying to scrub the black off your skin, hoping that you would get lighter? Yeah. That has happened to several children, right. people that we know of, right. cases that have been documented right. about little girls and little boys with black skin. Shy Lynn just wrote an article for the Gospel Coalition talking about what his own children said about their black skin and how they don't like being black. Wow. Wow, wow. As kids. Wow, 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 wow. Where in the heck yes. do you think that's coming from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're from these are Christian parents right. that they have. Right. Even conservatives that their black children feel like this about their skin. Right, right, right. You think that you think that the white that you, you what you guys a lot of people would say the white liberal school educational system is teaching them that hey, they're yeah. black skin? Right, right. Bro, they're living in the world, in right. a world where they are seeing that white skin is superior. Right, right, right. And it's not, it doesn't have to be it's said. Advantage. It doesn't have to be it doesn't said. It doesn't have to be said. It's experience. It's experience. It's what I see when yeah. I look at TV. It's what I see when I go to buy G.I. Right. Joe's. It's what right. I it's what I see when I look at commercials. I don't see myself. Right. When I go to visit Santa, when I got my kids visit Santa in the mall. I don't see a black Santa Claus. Right, right, right. When I go, and that's why when people are in, uh, talking about diversity, how diversity sucks, they have no idea what the heck they're talking about. Right, right, right. Because be, because you do not know what it's like to be raised in a world and where when I have to look at all of these superheroes, none of these superheroes look like me right. except for T'Challa. Which is why when Black Panther came out, massive. it was a freaking explosion of celebration by Black people everywhere. Right. Because every time when I was a child and I wanted to dress up like Spider Man, I had to be I had to understand that when Spider Man took off his mask, he had a white face. Right. He didn't look like me. Yes. If I gotta go out there and put a Batman mask on myself, I have to reimagine Batman as a black boy like me. 
me. Right, I have right. to reimagine Clark Kent as a black man like me. Right, right. I have to reimagine Princess Elsa as a black woman. Right, right. That is not our experience. Right. Why do you guys think that when Disney does stuff like Moana or you see stuff like, like the Black Panther and all that stuff, people, it, it, or you see the movie like Crazy Rich Asians, right. people are celebrating right, right, they're, right. They're, because they finally feel like they're being seen. Right. And if yeah. you and if you think that diversity and the issues of diversity is ridiculous, as a Christian, you need to ask yourself, are you actually willing to listen to what some of your brothers and sisters in Christ who do not look like you actually go through? Right. Because I'm sorry, dude. Yes, your brothers and sisters in Christ are Christian and they may be black, may be black and brown and Asian, Latino mixed, whatever, but they do not have the same reality that you have as a white person in America. They don't. Right, 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 right. And so... It would be wise for you to actually listen instead of try to dictate to your friends of color how they are not seeing themselves correctly. Right. You have to ask yourself what made you the authority on their own experience as a person of right, color right, in America. Right, right, right. So, so I'm sorry. No, I, no, no, but, I agree. But, no, I but, couldn't but, agree. But, but go ahead. I, I agree 100%, man, that there's something in the water, bro. It's not merely it's not merely somebody brainwashing you it's not that brainwashing, you can just man. exist here and start drawing conclusions many immigrants i think about um Im immigrants from from south america or central america that come to this country who are slightly lighter than i am right who immediately say oh no first of all Ain't, ain't gonna be no more Jose's in my family. Right. I'm naming them boys Michael, uh, Brad, <laughs> Charlie, Jennifer. Yes. Uh, yes. What, what, whatever the this case may yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They literally like some like, of them don't even teach their children Spanish. They, they refuse to teach their kids Spanish. This this this, this happens often. Happens, yeah, it's been documented. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna. You don't need to learn Spanish. You need to continue whatever you were. We need to. And here's uh, we the need to big make sure one. My children here's, are assimilated to. Here's Americans. the big one. There's a phrase, and I can't remember it. It's in Spanish, but it basically means improve the race. All right? Mm -hmm. It's the phrase that means improve, improve the race. Every Latino that's watching this right now knows exactly what I'm talking Happened to. Happened in Dominican Republic, And they literally too, yeah. just said it to the, to the screen right now. Right. You said what I'm trying to say. <laughs> just put it in the comment section. There's this phrase called improve the race. That There are people, I won't put nobody out, but there are people that I know, love, and respect whose parents has looked them square in their eye and said... What it means for you to progress in this world is you need to marry a white man. And we're discouraged when a black boy walked into the house as a prospect for, for a serious relationship. Discouraged by it. Latinos. Mm -hmm. My point is, this is not being picked up through teaching. Mm -mm. This is literally being absorbed through existing. Right. That you get here and you look around. It's the environment. You look around and you and you realize, and this is, I know the, the whole situation with, with Louis and Lecrae, and both of them I respect and they're friends of mine. That whole situation was very unfortunate. And I understand what Louis was trying to say. Right. But the phrase, the phrase that he used to say, the moment that I, I, I heard it, I was like, It's over. This is bad. Right. I, I, te I text Lecrae immediately. Right. Um, then I opened my Twitter and saw he was trending um, on, on Twitter. Right. But what needs to be said? I know you don't like the, the phrase white privilege. And I don't have a problem with the with, with the phrase white privilege if, if we're if we all define it the same way. Mm -hmm. But think of it like this: that there is an assumed advantage that people outside of this country come to this country and testify to. Right. And black and brown people living in this country have existential crisis when they're living in it. 
Like they go to school and they realize that the lunch tables look different, that the teacher's responses look different. They 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 go and like all the things you described. I'm not going to repeat your point. Right. But there is an advantage that kids pick up on that is undeniable. Right. So man, I just I think that all of that testifies to the fact that there was a second issue that never got addressed. It was a second issue that was a lot more enduring mm-hmm. that we as a culture need to hear more about the image of God and the Bible's definition of race, right. which puts no social capital whatsoever in skin color. Absolutely not. All the social capital that you put in skin color has been given to you by a society and been right. passed down by people who were intentionally trying to be racist. Exactly. Let that sink in, brothers and sisters. I am called a black man today, and I'm okay with that. I like being black. It is very great for me. (laughs) Amen. But there are, the fact that you call me a black man today, and I call you whatever you are today, is the invention of racists. Right. It was a racist idea. Yeah. It's the result of racist ideas. Facts. So I feel as though it's important for us to baptize, baptize the world we're looking. When we talk about making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and, and the Spirit. What that means is drenching our culture in biblical precedence around race that sees people as diverse. It, they celebrates people's ethnicity. Yes. The ethnicity and race are two different things. Ethnicity is real. Ethnicity How you grew up. I have no problem with you waving your Italian flag. I have Facts, no problem Puerto with you. Rican if you're from Germany, if you're from if you're if you're from Poland, if you're from Ireland like Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor and you right, want right, to you right, want right, right. to you want to raise your your Irish flag, I have no problem with that, yes. bro. Ethnicity I, is real. That, God that's celebrates cool. ethnicity. You should God celebrate created it. ethnicity. I'm all for it, but you should as my sister at Kimmy said and y'all can email me if you would like to divest from whiteness as a social construct yes it's it's we're not asking you to divest from your ethnicity we're asking you to divest from the social construct right, of whiteness right right because even the whole idea that people that there's like like uh for uh spencer mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. what is his name is it richard Sp- richard spencer richard spencer's idea mm-hmm. that of a white ethno state that there's a white ethno state that didn't exist didn't uh, it- before the 1700s white people were living in europe mm-hmm Killing each other. Right. Just like black people. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. You know, we want to be Zulu Nation and, right. and Shaka Khan or right. uh, uh, what's Shaka you Zulu. Shaka Zulu. I'm sorry. Except for Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. You know, Shaka Zulu. You right. Know, black people were killing each other too. Right. Maybe we were You go down into Mayan civilization. Go watch, go watch Apocalypse. Because we were all depravity affects killing each everyone. Other. Nobody was like, we're all brown and we just love and each other. We love Circle each other. Up. Yeah. Yes. That's not just what's like we're all white. Yeah. We're all Europeans the German, were killing each other over the, the potatoes Northern and stuff Irish like that. The we Irish, were killing each other. Germans over, were killing right, everybody. Right. The French were fighting the Spanish. It was a it continual was, war zone. It was depravity. That's right. And war has been around since, since the ancient Near East. I mean, the ancient biblical times. Facts. Right, 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 right. Facts. Right. Facts. And, and so it's important for us to understand that these social constructs have not served us. They've separated us. Right. So as we as we talk through it, if you see it for what it is then you won't be loyal to it. Exactly. You'll be loyal to something far more richer, which is what the Bible taught. The Bible says, God, the whole idea of diversity and that this is God's idea. When you look at that in the ocean alone with animals, you can see that God is a God of diversity. 
He's the the the, the one in the many. That's that's the undergirding idea of the Trinity. The right. one in the many. Right. The one in the three. God, God is diverse. He's a, a God of diversity, but true diversity, racial diversity. You're black and I'm white is a very vapid, very uh, um, it's, truncated. It's vacuous. It's vacuous. That's a beautiful, <laughs> a beautiful word. It's a vacuous diversity. Right. The kind of diversity that we're talking about is the, the, that we're celebrating, which unfortunately, because of racial uh, segregation, you find that because of racial segregation, black people are pretty much experiencing all the same thing. Right. You don't see that in Panama. You got black people in Panama right now who have no idea what it's like to be poor. Right. Then they are black people on the other side of the because they are they're they're cut on class right. and and um and social status. That, right. That's where the lines are being right. being crossed. But right. in America, we perpetuate this di- and then uh, this idea that we ex America exported to the world. This idea that we ought to circle people off according to the color of their skin. Right. For the purpose, and that we got to spend more time on this, but not now. But but for the purpose of maintaining dominance, brothers right, and sisters. Right, guys. This is a well documented, strong, historically based point that there was a time in this country where poor white people and poor black people, or excuse me, poor white people and slaves saw themselves as equals, and they band, and they, they were and they, marrying each other, and they band together and revolted together. Yes. Bacon's Rebellion, yes, they revolted. The House of to, Burgesses yes. came together and said, well, "Hold on, hold on, we're poor. We, let's the, do some math. Right, we're rich and have all the land." But there's more of us, more of them than there are of us. Right. If they continue to join with the Native Americans, the fact that they were getting married, that black and white people were getting married, right. starting families. Right. Your mulatto and light-skinned people didn't just happen from Ap- slaves right. Right. being it raped was by happening masters. Before then. That's why these anti-misogynist laws came and came to to, to, yes. to exist because yes. they were outlawing what was happening. Right. Black and white people were refused marriage in this country legally because they, they were getting they married were mar- before. Yes. They were already getting married. And they All were, of yes. this was right. happening, and what this genius idea of white prior white priority advantage and superiority came as a response to. To, to calm down the union between the, yeah. the poor indentured white and servants exact, and the black and exactly people, black and Native Americans. Right. That's why it came into existence for that purpose. And they said, hey, we're going to create the status. You'll be able to vote if you're a man. Yeah. You'll be able to own a little bit of land. Not only that, but you'll, you'll be able to yeah. police them. You'll be able to police black people. Yeah. yeah. We'll, be, we'll give you those rights. We'll be Like you said, we'll be able to vote. We'll be able, you'll be able to do all those things. Right. If you're white and you separate yourself from them, right. you will have all these advantages, though you will still be poor. You'll still be poor. Because if yes. you guys mind you, not mind you, the the majority of white folks that fought in the Civil War to maintain the institution of slavery did not own slaves. Didn't they didn't have slaves. the money to own didn't slaves. Have, and the reason that they maintained the the reason that they fought to maintain the institution was not so that they can own slaves because they didn't have money to own slaves, but so that they could continue to experience the advantage that they had of being white in a society in which black and white people were not living amongst one another equally. Yes. They were fighting for the social capital that they were getting in a in a racial racially in a racial hierarchy society. Right. Hierarchy society. Right. So that's why you had a majority. 
majority of these poor whites fighting for dying. The, the bloodiest di- war dying, we've ever seen. The bloodiest war we've ever seen in a nation dying for the institution to be maintained right. because their social status of being better than black people would be maintained. They were not going to get more money. They were not going to stop being poor, essentially. But they will not. They will be. They would be able to say, at least we are not black. We're not wow. on the same level as black. Man, man, and that's, that's why the, that's why you had them fighting for the Civil War. That's why we're saying that this is very. It's deeper than people make it. And when people make these little arguments about, oh, that's Marxism. Oh, that's liberalism. Oh, that's this. Oh, that's that. It's a very. Not only is it a caricature of the issue, but it's a very myopic, short-sighted, um, uh, half-baked understanding of the issue Facts. of historical racial. Um, uh, not only just tension in America, but the way that race has formed our nation, the right. way that racial hierarchy is baked in to what it means to be the United States of America. Facts. And now we are trying, and now as we are trying to pull the United States away from that, right. it almost feels like people feel like we're almost pulling the United States away from the its the, values. The, the it's it's American values in and of itself, right. which shows you why a lot of American values are racially uh, right. tinged. And for Christians, you trying to pull them away from this idea of you trying to pull them away from this idea of 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 nationalism and Americanism and even whiteness being baked into Christianity feels like you're pulling them away from Christianity. Wow. So they that, that's why they're like, you guys are breaking the faith. Right. You guys are you guys are compromising fidelity to the Bible. Right, right. You guys are compromising the gospel. Right. Because pulling you away from your idea of race in America feels like we're pulling you away from Christianity. From Jesus. From Jesus. Literally. Which I mean, is a testimony to how it incestuous the relationship between Americanism wow. Wow, wow, wow. and race is yes. in the nation. Right, right. That when we're trying to pull those things apart from what the Bible shows as a biblical racial ethic, and then we're trying to d- describe all of the reality of what is happening as far as race in this country, historically and present day, that it feels like we're pulling you away from Orthodox Christianity. Wow. And now you're like, oh my gosh, they're threatening the church. They're trying to persecute Which us. is the same thing that the Southerners said during the Civil Rights de- Civil War debate. For word. They said that these folks, that these abolitionists that are trying to come in and cancel slavery as an institution are threatening the fidelity of the church. And their theology that they're giving around justice is literally literally um, threatening the orthodox theology that we have around race in the church and period. They literally saw the abolitionists as her- as heretics. heretics. And it's so crazy because you had abolitionists that were saying, we agree with you with the authority of the Bible. We agree with you with all of the orthodox theology that you have. We agree with you by, gra- by salvation coming by grace through faith. We agree with you about depravity. We agree with you that Jesus is the only way. We agree with you w- regarding election. We agree with you around all of these things. Where we disagree with you is slavery because of what the Bible says about justice right. and then they came in and said guys all of their teaching about justice is threatening uh, theological purity yes. and now they're now they're threatening the church with this new gospel. with this new age social gospel doctrine and then the abolitionists are sitting there like what the heck who are you we talking have the about same, we all have the same theological beliefs besides the fact that we think that you guys uh, championing uh, slavery and racism is wrong and then there's and then now you guys are saying we're like a theological threat to the church and that's how the southerners kept people away because they were saying these guys that are talking about justice and equality they these guys are they're like they're like uh they're trying to infiltrate heresy into the church little by little, little and then before and then yeah the little fox
boxes and then before you know it the church is not going to believe in Jesus is the only way anymore and before you know it the church is not going to believe that the Bible is true anymore and then before you know it but and, and not only that they're appealing to all these new age philanthropists who actually don't believe in the Bible and they're appealing to their arguments about racism and then and, and they're using that and their argument against us which shows that they're influenced by outside people that don't care about the Bible and those people are actually getting into their theology and doctrine and as they come to believe in that they're going to believe in stuff that that threatens gospel fidelity it's the same exact thing people are doing right now with critical race theory wow. these guys are listening to these critical race theorists and they're influencing their theology and if we listen to them then the theology is starting to threaten the church and now critical race theory is creeping into the church and it's breaking the church and if you and look the people and who if, are, and are saying you, to you hey Nah, that's nah, not what that's we're not, that's not what we're doing. Not that's not what we theorist. believe. And then they're saying, I, no, 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 don't listen to them. Yes, that is what they believe. Because Marxist. see, if they didn't believe in Marxism, they wouldn't believe that race was an actual problem, right? They wouldn't believe that there's a such thing as systemic racism and white privilege because they're getting that from the critical race theorists. Not understanding that the Confederates said the same thing about the abolitionists. Facts. If they did not, if, if they didn't believe in heresy, then they wouldn't be actually trying to call for us to disband the institution of racism and, 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 and slavery with, within the nation. We because, should just and, focus and, and on the gospel. We should just focus here. on the gospel because what they're doing is they're getting that idea idea of equality and stuff from all of the philanthropists who are not Christians and that's creeping into their theology that theology is going to creep into the church Facts. then it's going to break the church and yeah. the fidelity of the gospel is going to be compromised Facts. it's the same exact argument it's the exact history same is repeating itself all over again and the folks that are constantly trying to tell us that we're critical race theorists that we're social Marxists and y'all are threatening the church are in the same vein and legacy of the confederates that use the same exact argument against the abolitionists who were trying to say we are we are we are for justice and equality it's the the same thing that's in a right. different era that's right. and that's free why we that's smile. why it is not hard for me to believe that some of these Christians right now that constantly try to uh, 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 push back against us with that would be the same Christians that enslaved us in, in 1930s <laughs> they would have been the same folks that gave the same kind of argumentation for why you trying to tell me that letting these people, that letting slaves go and letting the institution, institution of slavery go is heresy and it's wrong. Yeah. Because, the, because not only is your theology wrong, but you guys are getting a lot of your teaching from all these other like un, unga, ungodly yeah. philanthropists. Facts, facts. And that's going to creep into the church and then... Facts. It's gonna and, and then we're gonna be compromised. Facts, facts. Same argument. It, oh, that's Same argument, bro. Powerful, bro. I think and, they, that, and I'm sorry, I'm just saying the people at that time said the same thing that we were saying. Yeah, I mean, it's saying you guys are you guys are not listening to us. We don't believe in all of the other stuff that they're saying. Yes, we actually we love we, Jesus. We love Jesus. We we yeah. understand that they have this this thing right about race, but they don't care nothing about the Bible, and 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 they believe that the Bible is this and that. We don't believe that. Yeah, with that, we're, which, we're with which I think brings us to the the Black Lives Matter conversation, right? Because th this is precisely what we're trying to say with that is that. I agree with you that Black Lives Matter as an organization has a lot of things that are antithetical with Christian fidelity. Right. I get you. But now, after all these things have happened with my with um, George Floyd and the protests around the world, uh, now major institutions, Ben and Jerry, the ice cream company, literally put an entire statement out mm -hmm. explaining systemic racism. And they actually did that a long time ago. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They they did they they, they kind of redid that again because of what's happening. Okay, but okay, Ben okay. and Jerry's did that like seven years ago. They were on that a long That's dope. time ago. Yeah, 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 yeah I was yeah, like, yeah. man, like y'all sell they put ice it on cream their website. Talk. Yeah, it's on their it's on the site. Right. Yeah, but Netflix, Reddit, Google, mm -hmm. like all these major institutions have come out and said Black Lives Matter. Right. My neighbor across the street, she came out and put, uh, oh, it's a husband and wife, but, uh, yeah. family, but she put a uh, sign in her yard. 
Black Lives Matter. Which I've heard caused quite the disturbance in your neighborhood. People were not feeling that mug at all. <laughs> um, like, keep your politics at home. But right. when y'all were flying, uh, back in November, y'all flying every ca- candidate that you can imagine. It was completely political. But And also, this is my home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it's in my front yard. Yeah, this is my oh, land. If I wanted to sleep on in my front yard, I could. It would still be my home. I own all of this. So anyways, um... <sighs> So my homie called me and he was like, he was like, yo, um, I want to get your opinion on on this. We're we're starting our opening game starts on Friday and uh, our team is being been given the option of wearing Black Lives Matter on our jersey or putting a patch on our jersey. Just Mm -hmm. two ways. It's like a big like Black Lives Matter. And I think you can like wear a patch. Okay. And um, he said, I just want to get your thoughts on it. And I said, I said, well, first of all, bro, I, um, I think that the tension that you're feeling um, is, is good. I think that you're calling me, asking what I think is good mm-hmm. because it's even deeper mm-hmm. than how you'll be perceived by people who have no idea who you are, like your fans or the other team or, or people that you have a relationship that are even on your team. But you're concerned about how I feel about it. So... I'm glad you're calling me. So I, I affirmed him with that. I said, Black Lives Matter is an organization, obviously. If you go to their website, I don't know how many times I've heard that. I went to their website. If you go to their website and you have, you know, biblical convictions, uh, you're going to have a lot of problems with some of the stuff that you see. A lot of problems with some of the things that you see. Facts. So I said, your concern about perpetuating something that could be antithetical to your Christian conviction also is a good thing. I appreciate that. I said, but you got to realize what the symbol means, okay? I'm going to say something that's been said a million times. I'm sure you've probably already heard this. Black Lives Matter is an organization. It's different from Black Lives Matter as a principle or a sentiment. That most of what people have rallied behind has not been the organization. It's been the sentiment. I could ask my neighbor across the street who I brought up, could you name two of the leaders in the Black Lives Matter organization? They, they wouldn't know their names. They wouldn't know if it's centralized in D.C. Is it chapters all around the nation? Is it even in America? Is it based in South Africa? I have no idea about that organization. And here's the fact. I don't mean to be offensive. I don't think people really care too much I, about the organization. That's just, just, being, that's just the honest truth. I, 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 think, I think what people, what, what's accessible to people is the sentiment. Right. Because that's what people have come alive to. Like, I know what it feels like to not matter mm-hmm. and having nothing to blame for that except my skin. So folks coming up and saying black lives do matter. I resonate with that. Same way if people say baby lives matter, right? Hashtag baby lives matter in response to abortion. Right. We all say, oh my goodness, amen. Right. Yes. Why? Because the way that we treat the mothers, unfortunately, that the, the, the way that babies are treated in wombs in this country seems to suggest that bef- before you're born, you don't matter as much. So it's appropriate for somebody to say, babies matter. We resonate with that. We would get behind that, right? right. So most of us feel that with Black Lives Matter is g- in, in general. I know what it's like, my guy. I've told you stories. I've talked to m- my friend about my experiences. So, you, so, 
So we, we, that's what we're getting. That's what we're hitching our wagon to is the uh, affirmation that the Lord Jesus Christ would say that, that black lives matter. Because okay? black lives matter is just a contextualization of all lives matter. That's right. That's right. I don't understand how people don't get that. It's if all lives, lives if matter, all lives matter, then black lives will matter. That's right. It's a contextualization. Right, right, right. That's it. Right. Facts. Right. This is Genesis 1. 26 in the image of God, he created you. Male and female, he created them. Amen. Period. Mm -hmm. So that's who we all are. So you can go on that field wearing that and say what most people are saying. Most people are saying we're with the sentiment. That's where the institutions are. That's what most people are saying. You can feel conviction saying that and then put what most people are saying aside. What you're saying is, I see my friends, my brothers, my sisters, and I stand with them. You can say that and not be simultaneously underwriting an organization that you obviously have problems with. Right. And we do this all the time, right? There are all kinds of things that we are a part of where we can't get down with everything that's happening there. But there's something principally that we can say that I'm good with. We can be co-belligerent. We talk about this all the time. When it comes to issues of justice, right? However, there's really a small group of, I'm going to say a small, there's a group of people that are going to be bothered by you wearing this flag or you wearing this, this patch or you having this on your back. And it breaks my heart to say that it's mainly going to be Christians. Christians are going to be bothered with what you're doing because they seem to be the only ones, almost the only ones, in this country that cannot discern that there's a difference between the need to affirm black life and then an organization that comes together trying to defund the police. There oh, yeah. is no capacity for discernment for some reason. With the people that name the name of Christ in this country, some of them, not all of them, they don't, they don't have the capacity to discern, and that's who's going to be mad at you. And let me tell you, bro, I told him about the, the story of, uh, uh, in the Olympics where uh, in the, the, it was the Olympics that were in the 60s. I think it was the 64 Olympics where you had these two gentlemen who raised their fists in solidarity with the movement and yes. were basically banned. The Black Power Movement, yes. Right, and then you had the, 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 the guy who won silver— was a white Australian guy. You can mm -hmm. probably pull his name. I can't remember what mm -hmm. his name was. But this gentleman wore a patch on his jersey yep. in solidarity with the other two men. Mm -hmm. He left that Olympics, my brother, and was banned. He was blacklisted. They blacklisted that boy. He was shamed by the by Australia. Right. God bless my Australian brothers and sisters that come into this country acting like they have no idea that race is a problem. Like, man, how do you white Americans deal with it? Y'all know about it too, bro. Right. What? Happened to the aboriginals, all right? right? Let me use my language right. I know that I'm trying to say you enslaved the aboriginals. <laughs> Peter Norman was his name, by the way. So Peter Norman, that's right. Peter Norman. He, he was, was barred, like blacklisted. Yet mm -hmm. he was embraced by the black community in the, in, in the nation as an ally. The, 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 he was seen as someone who understood that was fighting with us. Right. And when he was no longer even invited back to Olympic gatherings. Yep. There were folks in the African-American community that would invite him into their celebrations mm -hmm. of, of, of athleticism in the black community. They would bring him in as an ally and he would go. So what I'm saying is the symbol 
you got to understand what it is. Symbols exist to communicate to someone. Right. You're trying to say something to somebody. All right. That's why they're there. The symbol in itself does not free you from doing the work of racial reconciliation. Right. We're not talking about slacktivism, <laughs> where you simply are just saying, Black Lives Matter and we're done. You marching and protesting and holding a sign does not, in and of itself, solve the problem. Right. But what does solve the problem is relationship with major between majority and minority culture mutual understanding and then leveraging our resources and ability to empower one another right that's what solves the problem right and if you want to communicate to the black and brown brothers on your team who are in your fan base and even to me i said i'm not going to judge you if you decide not to wear that thing right i'm still love you you can call me anytime you want i know that you love me i'm not confused on that exactly but it would mean a lot to those in your community, including me. If you were to stand in solidarity with my thing, because my thing, my issue, this sort of this sort of struggle that I walk around with every single day, there's not a moment in my life or a place that I go where I don't realize that I'm black, right? And then there's all kinds of issues that, it, that are disruptive for me. Right. And then I feel ignored in it. I have felt ignored for years. You doing this says, I, I am with you. I see you. I see you. That strengthens our bond. That strengthens your witness with the brown people, black and brown people on your team, brother. And I said, who ultimately do you want to communicate to? And this is the thing. What I'm asking myself is, if this is about winning people to Jesus, this is what this is about. At the end of the day, I'm having all these conversations I'm talking about my own experience. We are trying to work through the issues of racial supremacy in our country for the purpose right. of exalting Christ Jesus. Amen. If that is the case, error on the side of compassion. Right. Error on the side of love. Right. Error on the side of relationship right is that yeah i'm gonna have to explain to some of my elders at my church why i put this on because they refuse to see any distinction between the sentiment and the organization you may have to do that and have some uncomfortable conversations with a cousin or an aunt or uncle whatever right, it may be right. but what you gain by saying to me that i see the image of god on you and it's beautiful. And I will put my body, my career, my effort on the line to stand with you. What you gain from that far outweighs what you risk in being silent. Right. And he's going to wear it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, Gloria de Dios. Yeah, but I think that when I know we, when, when we have this conversation, man. The missional aspect gets thrown out the window. And, and what we talked about before, we're, we are sniffing snowflakes and people who are making emotional arguments are going to stat, stats and statistics right. and ignoring... Listen. Let me just say this last thing. Stats and statistics are important. Absolutely. We're going to talk about that. Yes. Not here. Another episode. Right. There are lots of data out there. Data can only give you directions to the solution, data is not the solution. Right. For example, all of the data that we have about policing in this country, almost all of it, 
has been provided to us by police police. officers. By police, yep. And most of the police precincts in this country don't do good recording or reporting of what's going on. Oh, yes. You have a small sample. So you can look at the data and say, what are y'all talking about? Right. The data seems to suggest that there's no problem whatsoever, even though the data does not suggest that. The data actually from the police departments suggest that there is... uh, there is bias that exists towards stopping people who are perceived as criminal, right. which happens to be people who are typically black and brown. Right. Yeah, more violence is used, stuff like that. They didn't find disparity in death. There weren't more, they didn't find disparity in killings. In fact, police officers actually don't kill that many people. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but according to their find, reports, yeah. but they found all kind of disparity in how they treat people. Right. Which is the well, bigger uh, conversation. Which was ag- aggression and brutality. Right, right, and, right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But you still have to take into account the testimony of people who are in the community, bro. I'm like the oral tradition is how we have major portions of the scripture. Right. Now I understand that they, those were carried by inspiration. Don't get me wrong, but oral tradition, being able to hear the narratives and the stories of people who are experiencing them was a very important thing up until modernity. Right. And in modernity, we think that our, our, our laying out a bunch of facts that haven't been interpreted well or considered complex or it's considered in all the complexities, that that gives us all that we need to understand the situation. God has made it such that relationships are always going to yield to you the truest, the truest, the truest sense of the problem. Right. When you're sitting with the person, they're talking about it. So you can see how it affects them, how they're thinking about it, how... Uh, they how they've experienced. So, anyways, I, I think that for us it is important as we think about Black Lives Matter to not lose sight of why that needs to be said at all. Right. And those who are saying it typically are not saying it to try to get money into the organization, which is largely hidden in this and used by Christians as a tool to silence people who are representing the sentiment. Right. That's exactly. That's, that's the usual, mainly. Right. It's like the majority of these people. You, why? Right. Exactly. The majority of people walking around wearing Black Lives Matter T-shirts, even teams and stuff like that, are not giving their money to the Black Lives Matter facts, organization. Facts. Facts. The majority of them don't even know where to go to donate to a Black Lives Matter organization, or even know that they have a website with beliefs on it. Facts. Facts. I mean, facts. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. Um, it's a very small group of people. And you can stand with the sentiment and critique the organization. That's right. It's, it's clear. Just like you can stand. You do that all the time. I'm you an do American. Do, American, you do it. Conservatives do it. Say They could say, I'm conservative. I stand conserv- with my country, but I critique it. People could, say, I, people could say, I'm conservative, yet critique other conservatives' like thought. Like, it happens all the time. I'm, like you said, I'm American, yet I can critique America. Yes. I, I, and we do it with everything else. But, the, again, the reason that people do that with Black Lives Matter is not necessarily because they don't understand that. They're doing it because they don't want to actually uh, see the—they want to discredit the, the, the issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not It's not even really the organization. It's what you the organization— You fundamentally think that black people's problem is themselves. It's themselves. It's, it's, it. it's, this is all your fault. You guys are just not making right. wise decisions. You guys right. are doing this to yourself. And so the Black Lives Matter thing just kind of gets used as a scapegoat for you to say, I don't really think that these issues that you guys raise are legitimate issues. Right, right, right. That's it. You and know then, what I'm saying? And then it, you sh- it would be helpful to ask yourselves that are you safe in that— is it safe for you to say black people are basically victimizing themselves by and large, therefore I don't really see the need to affirm their life in a special way? Right. Do, do you think 
is that belief serving you? Yeah. Is it making you more compassionate? Like, for example, and we got to end this. Uh, I'll give you last word, though, Meansy. No, go ahead. For example, the Bible is replete with these statements about God and his relationship to the fatherless. Right. Replete. Mm-hmm. Over and over and over again. Right. That God is with the fatherless. That's what it says. Amen. You would assume that those who, who worship him would also have a special heart, intention, effort, mission for the fatherless. You would think. If they're to be like him, yes. If they're to be like because if they're there to be like God, I mean, to, to love God is to be godly, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, we can't separate yes. those two, right? And That's what the, the love of God is, is right. the love of the things he loves. Right. Right? Yes. Yet what we have seen about around the issue of fatherless, fatherlessness in the black community, which, by the way, is an issue in all communities, okay? <laughs> Not specifically black. The issue of fatherlessness all, is a problem in America. Right. It's a it's Western a, it's a, problem. And it's an issue in a lot of poor communities. Right. And it's even worse in poor communities. Yes. Even poor communities that are predominantly white. Because they'll find themselves being fatherless. Yeah. Because if you look at, at yeah, exactly. You'll see in, in a an impoverished white community the same, same issues, issues of fatherlessness. Because yes. race is not real. So anyways, <laughs> fatherlessness is a problem. But you see it weaponized in the black community, bro. Oh, yeah. Weaponized. That if you just had, y'all won't take care of your kids, that's the problem. With you. That's what's wrong with all you. You won't take care of your kids or you'll abort your kids. That's all y'all do. And I'm thinking the heart of God is looking at fatherlessness and saying, I draw near to those children. I draw near to those communities. I defend the widow. Right, right. I come after and lift up those who are vulnerable. So you would think that if you see that fatherlessness is the biggest issue there, then the only time when we talk about it, we should talk about it in that way, where it's like this compassion in our efforts to be a part of the solution and to stop the things that create fatherlessness. Right. Because we care so much about fatherlessness. Right. What's taking the dads out the home? What are the things that are hurting them that I can do something about? Well, KB, that's why we're trying to do something about damn welfare state. Yeah, because they call the, the, the welfare welfare states being the dad to the to the black family. Sure, and if you and if you and I'm saying if you care about those things, then the tune that you sing around the discussion should be that of trying to take kid them off of welfare. How if if you're trying to hit the government? The government is, which I don't agree with this trope, but let's just say the government is creating welfare mothers and right, babies and right, stuff like that. Right. You don't think that the government is good at doing anything. Most people that make that argument. Right. The government sucks. Yeah. Right? Then wouldn't it mean that what you would want to do to serve those people is create a context in which they wouldn't need welfare, right. like creating job opportunity right. and opportunities right. and discipleship efforts and, and church planning right. and pouring of resources. So they don't need to be, because that's something, in your opinion, that makes fatherlessness. Then how does how does our Christian faith push back against that? Right. Make fun of liberals? 
Nobody wants to be on welfare, my guy. No, I, people I, prefer good dude, jobs. I literally do That's not. That's why most people that are on welfare get off and never go back. It's 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 statistically. So, yeah, it's so crazy to me how people think that black people just love welfare, bro. It's, it's, that they just they just get up in the morning and love that they're getting a small behind check from the government. That, they can barely do anything. That's not help but me ultimately. Most of those people that say that also have not come from neighborhoods See, where people were I'm on saying, welfare, man. They're just speaking the about the day, what they're hearing other conservatives say. I'm just what I'm saying though, brother, because at crazy. the end of the day, we're not actually mimicking the heart of God, right. which would go in and create situations that protect fathers. Right. Like, 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 like defending those children and pouring resources. Like, we don't do that. We rather just talk about it. Right. Rather just talk and about use it, it yeah. point and 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 take shots. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I think that it's it's important for us in this conversation that if we're going to be the people of God then we want to mirror his attitude and his action and also mirror Matthew 25. Mm -hmm. You clothed me when I was naked. You fed me when I was hungry. You came to visit me when I was in prison. They didn't know what he was talking about. Right. They said, Jesus, like, Jesus when, when did we do that? When did we do any of that stuff? He says, you were concerned about the least of these. God has a target audience. Right. God's Kingdom marketing plan has a target at audience. Right. The least of these. Mm -hmm. The vulnerable. The vulnerable. The outside. Yep. When you look at the disparities, when you look at those numbers, and then we got friends that bring the numbers of, well, you know, a black unemployment rate is double that of whites. You can bring the, the fact that there's the wet, the massive wealth gap. And bring on, when you look at all of those numbers, don't just simply say they did it to themselves. And if you're going to say that, should you not always say, well, then what would God have me do about that? Right. Because those people are being crushed by those numbers. Right. Not being able to pay your bills or find work. Not being able to provide for your children. Right. Having to leave them at home and, and, and go work a nine-hour work day. Right. Catching the bus all over the place because you can't afford a vehicle. Right. I, mean, I remember having a conversation. I saw my own, my own obtuse um, reality. When I was having a conversation with this young dude I was helping get into an apartment. And he was telling me that he had to wake up at 5 a.m. to go to, to be at his job at 8.30. And I was like, why, bro? W where is it? Is it two cities away? Right. He said, no, I got to catch the bus. Right. I was like, there is no, no bus that could get you there in 30 minutes? He laughed in my face. Right. He KB, said, I got to catch like four buses to he get said, there. He said, KB, do you not know how I got here? Right. And I felt so stupid and small and ignorant. Because I'm not appreciating. You know what folks are doing this every day? Every day. What does it take to be on time to a job that you had to take three buses to get to? What type of discipline does that take? What type of determination does that take? And these take? are the same people that would call those people lazy. You, you, you call them lazy. You're afraid that these all these people are going to steal your jobs and 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 and, and are, are basically taking everything away from you, but they're lazy. Or you're or, they're, or they, they keep losing their jobs because they're lazy. There's a lot more to right. the conversation. Right. And I... I think we have a lot of work to do to, to, to get through all of the complexities of how a racialized society has not served us as a people well. But we only get there through relationship that is absolutely bathed, saturated in commitment to love, empathy, compassion, and trust. Amen. Amen. And, and I think... Give us the last word. Bro. Yeah, just to say, like, I, th I think that even when you guys look at these protests that are happening all over the world, 
um, what you see, regardless of all of the other issues that you that that gets um, infiltrated into protests or conflated in protests, whether it be some sexual ethic things that you guys do not agree with and that we don't agree with and stuff like that. When you see people protesting the death of black folks, that comes from something that God has given human beings which is a conscience that understands that we inherently possess dignity, value, and worth. Facts. Right? We we talk about this all the time. When I've ministered to people and preached the gospel to folks that, that don't believe in God, and I've asked them about their sense of justice and their sense of ethics and morals, and when they have them, you always say to stuff like, you always give them an argument and say, dude, you know why you have ethics and morals, right? Because it creates to a moral lawgiver. That it's natural in you right, right. to have ethics and morals because God, a moral lawgiver has created you, right. and he has put his law on your heart, and that 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 actually informs the ethics that you have. Right. It's not these things are not abstract, Thanks. and we always point to even for the person that doesn't believe in that in the God in the God. Out of Isaac, Abraham, and Jacob, we always say to them, you still live, you still, you cannot help but live out his image on you. That's why you have ethics. That's why you think about values and morals. That's why atheists are at Black Lives Matter protests, right. because you have the image of God on you and something is saying in your brain, this is wrong. Right. People's dignity are being uh, being trampled on. And I have to get out and do something about this, right. which is actually a testament to God's law being on your heart. Right. The conscience that God has given you to say murder is wrong. Right. Right, right, right. Right? Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not kill. And right. that's what is crazy because you don't even believe in the God of Isaac, Abraham, and Jacob. But what is having you out here protest the killing is the, is the thou shalt not kill that he put on your heart. Facts. And that's what I want to try to get you to see. Facts. Right? But what I'm trying to say to, to, to all of us, to all my believers, too, is that you see folks out here outraged over stuff like this because God is outraged over it. Right. And his ethics and morals is speaking to the human heart that says thou shall not kill or you should not abuse. You should not uh, you, you should not assault. You should not take advantage of the vulnerable, which God makes very clear that he hates in Scripture. And like we that. see these folks out here protesting these things and they don't even know that out, out of a lot of their protest of these things is them screaming the imago day that Ooh. god has placed on them yeah. and on their heart on their conscience and it's literally it's literally them exercising it. say that and they don't even see it say that right which is where i think the gospel comes in for a lot of them especially when we're talking to them is that you don't even see that you're out here because the creator has endowed you mm. right with certain unalienable rights that hope oh, right. that's up oh, oh, that's constitution yeah. hey. but those rights are to or or for the dignity that you have because god has his image stamped on you, Thanks. which is why when we see somebody can extinguish the image of God so easily, it seems so evil, wicked, and demonic to us because it is. And when you see folks out here protesting, you see a testimony of God's law written on people's hearts, irregardless of all the other things they try to they try to mix into the protest where depravity right. comes in. Right, right, like you, looting, and, like yeah, and, like and looting and rioting depravity. and all that yeah. stuff that, of course, we disagree with. Right, yeah. um, we always know that depravity, the sin is crouching at door of everybody, yeah. and as soon as it gets the opportunity to pounce, it will. Yeah, and we see that happening. Right, right. But we also see that there are folks that are exercising the imago day that God, the, the, the people are exercising within them being made in the image of God and they're exercising those ethics and the conscience that, that God's law has put on them in their heart. And they are saying, this is wrong. Right. 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 Um, and 
what I am saying to to my believers is, could we rally around that? Yeah. Could we see the under? Could could we see the fact that? People being made in the image of God, people who are made in the image of God, having that image distinguished over things that that are trivial right. when it comes to whether or not you should continue to live or not. Right. It's something that we cannot stand for as Christians, right. man. Right. We cannot sit back and stand for that. That's why I like when Prince, uh, uh, I think it was David Prince, someone that wrote that article that said, I am too conservative to stand by and not speak out against racial justice. Right. That's what he actually said as yeah. a Christian and as a conservative. Yeah. What I'm saying is, can we just think about what it means to be made in the image of God and how our neighbors are speaking about how that Imago Day is being violated? And can we actually sit back and listen not just debate, but at least listen to the cries of our neighbors regarding how the image of God is being marred mm. by injustice. Mm. And can we connect that to the heart of God that is the God of justice who will, as he says in his word, bring justice. Yes. He will. Yes, you will, Lord. And because of that, we also are ambassadors for God's justice here on the earth, a kind of pre-justice that is going to speak to Oof. the ultimate justice that is going to happen in the eschaton. Right. And that justice is either going to be uh, a, a justice that Christ has already bared on, on his body, paying for your sins, or justice that a person is going to pay for for eternity in hell. Right. But let us as believers be ambassadors for the kind of justice that God is going to bring as we seek and pray for it to be on earth as it is and as it will be in heaven. Thanks. We love y'all, man. This is Southside Rabbi. Southside Rabbi. Holla at us. Make sure you guys like and subscribe on the YouTube page. Share it. And we'll holla at y'all later. We love y'all, man. Yeah. Peace.